What a perfect song for the sermon. I, I love a song that starts talking about how dismal the whole world is and, and the whole melody goes counter to all that. I love it. Um, I have been reading a book. It's, it's a recently new, it's a new book out and it's called Mary, a Pregnant Virgin. And I love this book. I love the way the author writes because he's so picturesque in his writing and it's easy to, to get swallowed up in this book. And this author, and I, as we were traveling along reading this week, he was lifting up one of my favorite Bible verses of all time, which is Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. And, and what we know about Isaiah, this is Isaiah's call. He, and as I was walking with all of the scriptures this week, I was quite frustrated. You see, all of last Sunday was call text. And so I preached on that. And I felt like I covered it. Let's move on. And then the lectionary people in all their great wisdom, whoever they are, give me a whole nother Sunday right after that one with all kinds of call texts again. And I thought, no, been there, done that. I want to move on. And yet I found myself reading this book, Mary, a Pregnant Virgin, and Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 in particular, I think is Isaiah's call text. It, it's a simple verse. And Isaiah was a simple person. There was really nothing all that special about Isaiah. Isaiah was married with children. His life seemed quite ordinary. He was both husband and daddy. And he did both reasonably well. He was, he was a, 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 a holy man in as much as you and I are holy. He would get up in the morning and, and he would pray. He would gather his family for prayers. Maybe they would sing some hymns. He would get up at the crack of dawn and, and he would mutter holy words. He would go to the temple. And in particular in this verse, Isaiah is in the temple. He's doing what you do in a temple. He's worshiping, he's praying, going through the motions, I think, as we far too often tend to do. And something quite extraordinary happens that day in the temple. While Isaiah is praying, the hem of God's garment comes and fills the entire temple. And Isaiah is just, just shaken and he falls to his knees, not in fear, but in sheer amazement at the glory of God. Simply just, just the hem of God's garment. Well, this morning we have Mark's version of, of the calling of a few disciples. But it's not so much the calling of those disciples as it is the belief of Mark. For you see, in those first few verses of Mark, Mark says, in the coming of Jesus, the kingdom of God has come near. Do you believe that? Do you believe that as Mark believed it? That by the ushering in of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God has come near. You know, and I, I was tossing this around and I was thinking and I I know I talked to enough other colleagues and said, all right, that's wonderful. How do you preach the kingdom? 
How do you say that in, in such a way that the people glimpse the, the glory of, of the kingdom that has come through this person that we know as Jesus the Christ? And I wondered what it would be like if in worship this morning, as we were praying, as we were speaking holy words, as we were singing hymns, if in the midst of that, we just got a glimpse of the hem of, of God's garment, what that might be like for us, because I believe if that happened, we would recognize it immediately and we would drop to our knees, not in fear, but in awe, for we would be awestruck by the glory of God and to know what it means to see the kingdom of God ushered in. You know, we come to worship with such predictability sometimes. And for a lot of us, that's comfort. And that's not a bad thing. There are plenty of times where, where when we come to worship, that's exactly what we need is comfort. But I wonder this morning, what might happen if you came up for communion and when your pastor turned around and, and you would be expecting bread and wine in her hands, if she turned around as God's morning with tongs and burning coal, well, that would be a surprise for you, wouldn't it? If I came up to you and said, I'm going to lay this on your tongue and you will be cleansed by burning coal. Hmm. What if Isaiah's vision happened again? What if while we worshiped, that hem of God's garment brushed our cheek? I spend a lot of time reading. And not just theology books, but a lot of newspapers. And what I seem to be overwhelmed with is the amount of, of bad news that seems to be prevalent in our world right now. And it feels as if when people gather, there's a sense of, of fear and, and foreboding of, of what might be around the corner. Lord knows our news channels love to, to, to instill that fear in us about the economy and, and what bank might collapse next and, and what business might be laying off next. And, and you and I, we all know somebody who's beginning to experience that. And it seems like that, that fear just, just crouches into our life. How many of you remember the Ten Commandments, the, the good ones? Cecil B. DeMille's Ten Commandments. Yes, we all love it. You know, it's the longest movie on, on God's green earth. And it drags on in so many places, but you got to watch it because it's tradition, right? How many of you remember what, what that angel of darkness was like? Ooh, can you tell us about it, Gretchen? What was that like? like a mist and a smoke. It was cool. <laughs> because it was very theatrical and it was very creepy. And, and as it would come around the buildings, it was almost like fingers would wrap around a whole household 
And the household would be, would be consumed and it would gather on to the next one. Well, that's how I almost feel about the anxiety in our society right now that we seem to be just encapsulated in, in this fear and this impending doom. You know, we, we have this, this angel of darkness that, that seems to want to take over and to control us. And as much as you may have voted or not voted for the man who is now our president, no matter how you feel about him, it seems as if our whole country is placing their hope on him. And, and he may be very fine. He may be very good. And he may just maybe fix our economy. But he is not where we find our hope. I'm afraid we have a world that is looking to him to be our savior. But our savior came in the coming of Jesus Christ. And in that moment, we have sensed the kingdom of God for it has come near to us. And it is that savior. It is that savior who calls to us and says, Drop your nets. Follow me.